Hello and welcome back to the Moment of Truth podcast. I am beyond excited to be talking with you all again. This is going to be a really beautiful episode with a lot of amazing reflection because over this past week has been such a trial and a tribulation, but at the end of it all is always a blessing because at the end of the day, I am learning something new and I am growing into a new person each day. So I am so excited to get to share what my week has been like and some of the wisdom that I've garnered from it. And I hope that hopefully you'll be able to get some beautiful wisdom into your life and I'll be able to get some of it from your comments, from your from your responses, because those bring me so much joy whenever I get to read them about how this podcast is affecting you and how it is bringing something positive into your life, because that's all I ever really want to do. If I'm going to be truly honest, I just want to create more and more of a positive impact within my community. And the fact that I get to do this and the fact that I get to sit here with you all is just beyond a blessing. I couldn't ask for more. And so, yeah, let's dive right on in and let's honestly begin again with a positive affirmation. Today, we're going to begin by repeat after me. Every day is another opportunity for me to get to know myself more deeply. To understand how best to pursue my happiness and what I want for my life. I do not know everything about myself, and that is the beautiful work I get to do each day with myself. I am someone worthy of getting to know, and I'm going to be the first one to get to know the flawless beauty that is me. The light that shines in me is powerful and beautiful, but it always shines inward out. And it can't shine until I see it first. I hope that you felt the amount of positive energy that flows through you when you just recite those words out loud and you mean it. Because it's something very, very powerful about affirming the energy and the love and the power that is in our words. So every single time you get the opportunity, I fully recommend you just truly speak about what you want, how you feel, and what your goals are. Because just putting them into the universe you'd be surprised the impact that that has of actually truly manifesting what you want. But let's get back into the show now and let's get into roses and thorns. And I was thinking about a lot of different things that I could cover with this. And then on Christmas Eve, my beautiful, dearly loved grandmother passed away, Daisy Bell Johnson. And so that has been very <laughs> all-encompassing as you would probably expect in terms of emotional energy and actual physical energy as well. And so that obviously is the rose and the thorn this week, simply because there is something about death that will consistently always trigger reflection, but on top of it, trigger 
collective reflection, I believe. So what I'm talking about here is me and my mom going down memory lane about beautiful memories with my grandmother. And it's the true rose and the thorn, mainly because when you go down memory lane, it really allows you to not only analyze the amount of growth that you have had with a person, but as well, the lack of growth. And for me, I immediately began to really think about all the depths and the nuances of my relationship with my grandmother and my relationship with my mom and how I so badly want to break generational curses and generational traumas. But at the same time, I truly want to exemplify what the tradition in being a black woman in my family means. And so I always reflect. And so reflecting with my mom about stories of her growing up with my grandmother, and then as well, what it was like for me to grow up with her, it was really, really touching. And it makes me always sad whenever I think about the fact that these are things we could have been doing while my grandmother was still here. But I also think that that is what death lends us as always a lesson because we always want to look back and we always want to remember the times with the person for good or for bad. And I think that is what death teaches us in the end because we don't ever get to figure out what's on the other side of it until we pass away ourselves. But I think that something that is always seed sown from death is getting to reflect, getting to see how far we've come and how far we have still to go. Because immediately after the passing away of my grandmother, it was the first time in my life that I had someone in my close family pass away. I've never really experienced like a death in my close family. And so for me, it was the first time. But because of my grandmother's declining health, I've kind of mentally prepared for it for a while now. And so I realized that a large portion of what I was feeling called to do was just support my mother because for her, she was losing her mother. And for me, as someone who had mentally prepared for this, because she had been her, my grandmother's health had been declining for about 10 years now. So for me, I was like, okay, this is a thing that I know I'm going to have to tackle one day. So mentally just prepare yourself for it. And so it still is very emotionally upsetting for me and draining, but I had the wherewithal to still be able to be with my mom emotionally as much as I could to make sure that she was taking care of herself and she was actually allowing herself to feel and grieve and be who she is and process it all honestly, because I have no idea what that is like to lose your mom until I lose my mom. And so I'm just, yeah, I'm thankful for the fact that I see the wisdom that I have and I see the love that I have in my heart. And I know that that is that is all coming from my grandmother, because the love that my mom shows me is only an example of the love that my grandmother showed her. And so that's how I love to think about families is because so much of the trauma and so much of the love is just things that have been cycled within the family. Yes, we all experience traumas outside of the family, but so much of our behavior is rooted in what happens in those moments when we are growing up with our families, that that's truly the real 
derivative of where most of our cyclical generational trauma comes from. And so for me, it's so important to continuously be breaking that down and thinking about that because I love who I am and I have to ask myself, where does that love come from? Where does all the self-hatred that I have come from in terms of like things that you were taught to dislike about yourself in your household, that your parents were taught to dislike about themselves in their households and so on and so forth back into however far you go. Because I always have to remember as well that as a black trans person, um, my lineage roots back to enslavement. And so even thinking about the fact of like as a black person, so much of the traumas or the hypersecurity around being raised as a black kid is only built out of self-preservation and the fact that as a black person, we don't get second, third or fourth chances like everybody else does. We get one shot and honestly, it could end with a bullet. And so for me, I just I consistently have so many balls to juggle in my head when I think about family and why why our family is the way it is and why I grew up the way I grew up and everything. And so I think that I know I'm going to be reflecting more in terms of like actually rooting things back deeply and thinking about key memories with people because it wasn't until this that I actually had the time to truly sit down and really go over like stories with my mom that were really close to her heart with her about her mom. And that was very, very beautiful for me because to find what the memories are that is so deeply held from my mom is something that's like, it's beautiful to hear. To hear of the memories that my mom holds close about her mother is the same way that I think about how my mom defended me being a queen for Halloween as a little kid, as just a little trans kid who wanted to be me, and thinking about the times where raised her into the beautiful woman that she was going to be in order to have me and raise me into the beautiful woman that I am. It just, it, it makes me so happy. It makes me so happy to see that I can look back at generations of my family and be able to see strength, resilience, love, support, and as well trauma, but trauma that we work through, that we build on, that we try to heal. My family is a family of people who give up their lives in order to take care of one another, in order to take care of a bedridden loved one. And that is something that I'm very proud to say is in my legacy. And I'm so thankful that my grandmother started this train in motion with creating her own family and being a strong, amazing, amazing black woman that like waterfalled into me being born and me being the amazing boss ass black trans woman that I am. I'm so thankful. And I guarantee that I won't take these moments of life that we spend with other people lightly. And I'm already a person who, if you ask anyone who knows me, I'm already the most sentimental, emotional, deep person about every single thing. Because for me, every single moment of your life is something you can learn from and that you need to be cherishing for better or worse, simply because it's adding to who you are. It's adding to your memories and it's adding to the person that you are. So when you look back in 10 years and you're like, oh my God, I see how this trauma impacted my behavior and I didn't even realize it. You can be realizing it. You just have to be processing it in the moment, actually process things and be like, no, this is really hurting. 
hurting me and acknowledge it and take that in and deal with it. And so I think that that's only going to grow in me to be real, mainly because I want to try to find as much depth, as much wisdom, as much experience in my life that I possibly can. And if that means experiencing an experience through someone else's eyes, that's just as good for me. And that's what happens when you sit down and you listen and you talk to people and have conversations. You are really just sharing your experiences. It's, <laughs> I was literally about to make a very weird analogy. I was going to be like, oh yeah, it's like the social media of the past. You know, We're going to tell stories and get anecdotes and get analogies and shit like that, you know? And so just don't take any moment for granted. Truly appreciate the people around you and get the opportunity to truly learn their wisdom and their walk of life and their experience because it's shoes you can never walk in because you'll only be your beautiful badass self and everybody else can only be their beautiful badass selves. So we don't know what it's like to be that beautiful badass person, but you can understand a little bit of it by talking to them and empathizing. And so that's what I'm going to be doing even more so, especially since I'm sure that Corona has taught a lot of people that lesson, but it's well on top of it. This losing someone this close to me and someone who I have such a varied history with. I love my grandmother so much and I'm going to miss her so deeply. And she was the last grandparent that I had who was still alive. And so for me, I'm going to always cherish all the memories. And one of my favorite, favorite, favorite memories of my grandmother is it was a Thanksgiving when I was like eight and she came up to where we were living in Camden, New Jersey. And it was me, my two brothers, my dad, my mom, and my uh, grandmother. And so we're all in the house. My brothers are doing something. They're off playing some games or something. My dad's doing something. I was always with my mom, just like under her foot, just like watching what she was doing just trying to help out and I never will forget I was standing in the living room looking into the kitchen and as I'm looking into the kitchen I see my grandmother trying to carry this like 20 pound turkey it was a big one because we all ate we love to eat we're an eating family and so this big ass turkey and she is trying to get it into the oven or she is trying to baste or do something but the oven door is open so there's heat coming out it's hot it's humid it's there's a turkey all of this stuff and she is just wobble it like you know that moment where you just see somebody's knees and you're like i don't know how long they're gonna last like they're doing the chicken knees like their legs are just wobbly it looked like that real rickety table in the corner of every single brooklyn coffee shop that one that as soon as you sit your coffee on half of it is spilled because it's rickety that type of wobbly and so her knees are wobbly and as i'm standing there i have the perfect like perfect front row view of her slowly dropping grease out the sides of it because she's so wobbly and i will never as long as i live forget that by the time she and her wobbly knees made it over to the oven half of the oil was out of that turkey and she was trying not to slip on the kitchen floor because she was dropping oil and grease on the ground it was hysterical she didn't fall or nothing but that is one of my favorite memories of her and so r.i.p daisy rest in peace i love her so much she is uh so many memories. And so that is my rose and my thorn this week. And I hope that me processing a little bit of that with you all is something that can helpfully get you all through something you're going through in the past, the future, or the present.
But I think it is time that we get into our interview. I'm so excited and I'm so honored to introduce not only a person who I love so much because of their performances, but I also love because of who they are as a person. They are kind, they are sweet, and on top of it, they are extremely talented. So get ready for the one and the only Sweaty Eddie. I'm so excited to have you here, Sweaty Eddie. It is... (laughs) literally you're like one of the first people that i knew i needed to interview when it came to like creating this podcast because i can see your silhouette and i feel your energy the whole package of sweaty eddie in and out of drag is one that is not only just beautiful and spectacular but also kind and amazingly entertaining oh my god (laughs) you just being you oh my brain just was just like you would be amazing on big brother 24-hour cameras on you (laughs) this is also the first um episode that i'm recording post election results now officially oh wow yeah um um, what by two hours three hours (laughs) (laughs) exactly who could have planned that on the fifth day of the election we find out what happened than i thought than i was expecting but um how are you doing i'm just um I didn't expect to feel like a, like a single, I mean, I don't want to say I feel like a single emotion, but it, it feels a little simpler than I was expecting it to feel, maybe just in this moment. And it feels like there's still many things that I don't want to, you know, hinge any kind of expectations on, mm-hmm. but it's just really nice to, I was, I was um, um, made aware of it by my, uh, everyone yelling out their windows and then i have uh, a neighbor who plays the trumpet uh, or was doing that during the the seven o'clock cheer early in okay. in quarantine and it, the, the trumpet came back and i was like i know something something's going on so then i had the, the, you know immediately uh saw a barrage of t- twitter told me first twitter told me first got a notification of joe biden has been the determined winner of this election the moment i saw it i was just like this is the most 2020 thing that this just came through that- twitter for me <laughs> like Are you seeing in your feed prior to that oh it's literally nothing but memes of like <laughs> nevada counting <laughs> The first day, I was just like, okay, this is kind of funny. The second day, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm tired of this. <laughs> Third day, I was like, I'm tired of this. Fourth day, I got to chuckle again. You do the joke long enough, it gets funny again. <laughs> By the fourth day, it got campy. It got campy. <laughs> and then today, it being the fifth day, I'm like, oh, well, okay. Okay, so this is the mood. Okay, category is we got a winner. I think that 2020 has felt like five years. <laughs> what is your plan for the rest of November? Um, uh, I I really uh went went a little harder than I was expecting for October with overbooking mm. jobs and and things. So yes. uh, so I'm 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 hoping to have uh like a a few a few moments <laughs> to, to sit with my thoughts <laughs> yes this is the prime time to truly self-reflect and honestly unpack some things with yourself because it's 
You never get so much time to actually be with yourself without like the expectation of getting something done. And so I just finished unpacking a lot of baggage that I had, healing some childhood traumas. It's nice. It's nice. Love to hear that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, well, actually, I was thinking about my childhood and I started to imagine you as a child. (laughs) And then I was like, I don't even know where you're from. From Massachusetts. Oh, God. Rising. <laughs> oh god oh god no i'm not shoot are, are you are you one of the i'm from right outside of boston <laughs> it's true <laughs> i went to emerson in boston oh, i knew that so i have a lot of experience with boston okay we're in massachusetts um like right next to salem the <gasps> which which city <laughs> if you're i don't know how familiar are you serious yeah you know what was that like growing up there it's you know it was it was a, a lot of things that i have a lot of conflicting feelings about but that are sort of hard to separate from my own personal journey because you know i you know, associate <laughs> so many things oh yes <laughs> i i transition um uh, in a lot of capacities in my 30s and so it's been mm-hmm. like a a very bizarre thing to sort of like reconcile the past and like where I fit and like I I haven't really been back since since that and so it's it, mm-hmm. there was definitely like a a point in time where I was like I'm never going to do any kind of retracing of of my past in that way and like you know having associated mm-hmm. with a lot of like being deeply deeply closeted in a lot of capacities and like you yes. know telling myself all these ideas about it but then also being like you know what a lot of that is you know within me and that doesn't need to define um whether I can <laughs> have a relationship with where I'm from or not I don't know <laughs> That just hit so hard. That just hit so hard in a really good way. Because I grew up, like, until the age of 10 in uh, southern New Jersey, in Camden, New Jersey. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to D.C. when my dad left. And it was, like, one of those things where I I can't even really say I've been back to D.C. since, like, I've started to, like, truly understand my transness. And, like, I've gone back and seen, like, my mom and everything. But that's, like not really going back there and like yeah. re-experiencing my like school and everything like that. Totally. And I was recently just thinking about the fact that for like so many trans people that I know, there's always a moment of like, well, I'm good. I'm just going to like, yeah. this is all amazing right here, right now. I don't need to go yeah. back. That chapter is closed. <laughs> and it's like, as of recently, I've even been like thinking, we're like, if my high school did a like high school reunion, like, of course, not this year or anything with Corona, <laughs> but like, <laughs> right. in the like later years, if they had a reunion, I would love to go back as my beautiful trans self and stunt on everybody. I would, of course, be the flyest person there. <laughs> Every trans person who goes back is like the flyest motherfucker because you truly understand yourself. Most of the trans people that I know, we left where it was because people weren't understanding of an identity other than their own. And so for me, when I go back, I imagine most of the people will not have changed that much in terms of their thinking. (laughs) And I'm just only going to be even flyer than imaginable because all of y'all are still repressed. Y'all are still not open with your own queerness. <laughs> I'm now so excited about the idea and the prospect of going back because I'm so confident and loving of who I am now. And I love that. I like, I definitely 
very recently starting to come into that energy, but um, I I didn't go to um, my um, ten year college reunion. Um, I was like uh, like a f- only a few months into like being out mm-hmm. and like like you know transitioning in the way that that looked for me and mm-hmm. like I just did not have the <laughs> like I, I was like I I have faith that I will get to that place where I will be emanating some sense mm-hmm. of like even if people can't really like validate or see where I'm at that they'll at least be like oh wow okay well you seem like you're you're in a new place <laughs> I was not in that place yet and um oh trust I was an issue I was an issue <laughs> You just filled me with a lot of optimism that that might one day be. (laughs) It it might happen. And if it doesn't, that's still just as great. It really is just about truly finding power in your own journey. You know what is right for you. And if your journey means not going back and closing that chapter for good and putting a lock on that motherfucking journal and never opening it ever again, that is beautiful. Stand in it and be proud of it because you did what you needed to do in order to be the healthiest, best version of you. If that means going back, then that is absolutely fucking amazing too. And you can go and stunt on everybody. If not, you're still (laughs) stunting from a distance. Either way, we're stunting. (laughs) That's right. Knowing how long it was going to take, it would have been maybe harder to have gone through it all, but um, I'm just here. <laughs> how was it transitioning in your 30s? Oh my god, it was very strange. Um, uh, I could only imagine because, it, if of course, everybody's transition feels strange just because, like, <laughs> who's transitioned before? But, like... Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of, it's sort of this, like, thing where like at this point in time i'm like seeing how circular everything has been and like like look back at feel mo- like more aligned with my like how i was as like a young person mm-hmm. um like a young young person um but but like the the journey of how to like figure out how to be an adult in the world like took me to some that both like aligned with in like a really strange way but also felt so far less less abstractly I guess um I like up until the moment that I went to um the center had like an like open like trans mask meeting and I saw um I saw like the most like flamboyant femme yes. like trans boy mm-hmm. like came up to me and told me that he liked my shirt and he was just like wearing like a crop top and like I could see he had, had top surgery and I was just like I was like they like they let you do that <laughs> <laughs> and like I think up until that moment I like um had just um always had such confusion around my relationship to femininity mm-hmm. um and even in even into the moments of being like um oh i i don't have to i don't have to be a woman anymore i don't i don't have to do this anymore <laughs> and like and then immediately going into i guess i have to throw away all the things that i like like makeup and like mm-hmm. all these clothes that i like you know mm-hmm. and and sort of really just like um um I don't know, just like a lot of a lot of confusion around how to like reconcile things that had felt euphoric and like um, grounding to me mm-hmm. uh, that were also so far away from how I understood myself. And like, mm-hmm. so I moved to New York um, for a job 
um, when I was 22, the my first time working in an office that was like very like what year? <laughs> Still president. <laughs> <laughs> you were actually very, very, very youthful looking. So literally, <laughs> I was like, wait, hold up. We're literally talking about you transitioning in your 30s, and I was like, wait. Did they, I know. I have- did they just turn 30? Alert, I will be 35 in, a, in two months. Congratulations. <laughs> that is an achievement as a trans person. You better work. Yeah. You better work. Uh, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's, I have a relationship to time, mm-hmm. I think, also. Because, like, it's also, like, the more that I go into, like, medically transitioning, like, the younger people read me, which is also... <laughs> it's it. like, I'm just like, this is like a cosmic... I suppose that I'm like, I'm given, I feel like I've been given some extra time to like figure out how to get my shit together. That's the move. Move. (laughs) Move. You're saying you were working in an office for the first time. 2008. Yes. So I, um, a job in, yeah, in children's television. (gasps) Yes. I was like, so, I was like, so, I was like, it was just like a moment of like, I have to figure out how to dress like an adult. I have to figure out how to like, present myself as an adult and to me like um that was like a very gendered thing mm-hmm. of like i was like what do women wear like i mean pre- previously i had just like I, w- I would be walking around wearing like hot pants and like tights and like you know oh, yes. definitely like trying to make sense of myself as like a woman but it was like not in a like i don't know the jobs that i had before that did not care how i dressed and so like <laughs> you, you could mix and match you could literally you could- yeah i was like I was definitely doing something like I was just sort of like, like whatever, like young slut energy, really like weirdo femme was sort of like my gender, like very much like everyone treats me like I'm a little girl. I like, looked a lot younger than I was mm-hmm. like I had long hair like I I mm-hmm. like was definitely felt like very confused about how to interact with like straight men and like just like how people treated me receiving whatever. Mm-hmm. And so like. I'm just gonna like wear bright colors and do whatever I don't know and like and then so but then but like trying to figure out how to any kind of confidence as like an adult that was gonna present as someone that was like a serious person was like a total uh confusing moment for me and I was like I was like oh I can wear a pencil skirt and I can get a button-down shirt and I can tuck it in wear a little belt and I was like this this works. You better, I you project be runway did. You better work. You better work. In retrospect, it was really like it was it was a little it was a little sloppy. All of the two thousands was rough for fashion. All of the two thousands. Yes, and just like the thick belt. It, oh, oh, I don't even know what that. I got very lucky in terms of falling into doing theater. And like mm. I originally was gonna go into international relations, and I want—oh my goodness! I know I wanted to like try to study and become like. But a diplomat that's amazing. Oh, that would have been cute, but like not really because. And you don't know what's gonna transpire. Oh, oh! I'm never gonna do that. I'm never. 
<laughs> I was going to go into international relations because I, I was like, I know I can travel because I just knew I didn't want to be where I was because I knew I couldn't be my full self. I was doing theater in high school and then the person who was a grade above me went to Emerson and came back and was like, Julia, you could do this. Literally, <laughs> oh you God. can easily get in. And until then, I never even thought theater was a career. And I like looked into it and I was like, that seems great. And it's like an LGBTQ friendly school. That'll be fun. And so I like applied, got in. It immediately made me having to figure out what to wear as like an adult who was going into spaces, like what I was going to do. It made it so much easier because for theater, it's just like, it's such a, you just wear what you need to do to get done. Because Yeah, <laughs> the tech outfit. Exactly. <laughs> You just gotta wear closed-toed shoes. You yeah. gotta wear. You gotta wear some <laughs> jeans or some pants or something, and wear a shirt. Like it's like okay, great, awesome. I don't even have to worry about this. And then by the time I started to like get into the design aspect of it and I was like the designer walking in it was the first time that it clicked to me that being an artist allowed me the leeway to do whatever I wanted in mm. this society and present however I wanted and that people praise you for it exactly I'm learning that this year like I just learned that <laughs> just like having like getting these jobs where I don't feel like I have to be like tone it down is like such a new thing for me and like it's uh, it feels I'm like, can this be real that like I'm like working with, like I'm used to being like viewed as an employee and mm-hmm. like now I'm like high like con- I mean contract work you know is 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 if few and far between and not predictable in any kind of way but mm-hmm. like but like being someone that they hire for to be an artist is like such a such a different dynamic and yes. i was like why i didn't know this was where people where people always do it Literally. <laughs> I was like i was like reading the employee handbook being like how do i actually like a- that <laughs> that part also like i stumbled into the best like okay i need a job to just like get some money like you know like the artist just like this is my hustle that i do in order to like actually yeah. just pay my rent and i worked at an escape the room and <gasps> oh my god oh yes <laughs> Oh, I was iconic, of course. I was. I, I will motherfucking say I slayed that shit the house down. When I tell oh you, I got so many people there who to just have a good time because if there's one thing I could make a motherfucker do, it's have a good time. You and Cake Boys, like I cannot tell you the artistry that you all produce, like. It is next level entertainment, but also next level inclusion. And on top of it, next level, what's the word? It's um empowerment, next level empowerment. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that. It feels like what drag reality competition shows try to do in terms of like, okay, we're going to empower these people, but like also fight. You, Richard DeCaca, <laughs> like you two together... <laughs> elevate your cast and you allow them to shine but as well be a whole team and a cast i really want to know how did you how did you two come up with cake boys where did where did the inception begin the the inception of the conception oh my goodness thank you so much i just like i well i like competitions really stress me out and it's just like i i know that (laughs) i know that i know I know that there are people who can like hold all of the things and be able to compartmentalize and still like, you know, see the beauty in what, what that 
brings, but it just like, I really, it's just like not what I want to see from like artists and like mm-hmm. queer people. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see competition. I don't want to give anyone a restriction. I want like a complete open-ended thing and like yes. see what people, you know, fill that with. But, um, but yeah, it's Richard and Muscles Monty um yes. and then scenario and gem and yes. nemesis and uh you know a bunch of a bunch of people are sort of our um recurring recurring <laughs> we love a recurring cast <laughs> yeah i definitely like you know it, it sort of came out of wanting um uh more space for kings but also um i think more space for like a really specific like vibe of um drag art comedy entertainment um that sort of um didn't i there's definitely like more like narrative or like character based but also like had space for people to really just sort of like bring whatever whatever they bring to um drag that doesn't fit into mm-hmm. like you know uh, a, a normal lip sync number, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the, the binary of drag numbers. Yeah, um, but like, which is you know, not not to to um, shade or that anything. there. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what it you was. Mean. It was sort of like more like to create like a more of a a narrative show environment. Mm-hmm. um that was sort of more of a not sketch show although i guess we like i kind of accidentally made a horror movie and <laughs> which was <laughs> I really i love that you accidentally made a horror movie <laughs> if i if i had known the, the scope of what we were going for i think i think we, we would have shot it down before <laughs> doing it so i'm glad that we <laughs> i don't you know it's, it's, it's that's funny thing about drag where it's like and you probably feel this from like having a more like formal theater background is like you kind of go into it expecting to cut corners and that's kind of like the nature of it. Yep. Um, and so it, it allows you to be more like free and also more ambitious in, in mm-hmm. what you're doing. And then you, your audience is sort of like, has like kind of like a winking understanding of, of what it's supposed to be. So people aren't disappointed at like, you know, questionable production values or like, yes. you know, just sort of um, going with you on it, it's sort of like somewhere in between like that like improv space where you know you don't have any production value that it's like all <laughs> well, just the acting but like you you know you're bringing mm-hmm. like suggestive bits of things and and you can kind of just sort of like follow along with what it's going to be but like then doing that in like a you know for a twitch show it's like okay, we're straight up making a movie now. I didn't really intend to do that. Because I've seen, like, Twitch shows. I've seen compilation performances. I've seen, like, everything possible. But yours is, it's like, it's a multimedia. It's multi-genre. Your animations, the stories you tell, the recordings, the visuals, the stories. Because it's like, some of those interludes of, like, you and Richard, I'm like, this in and of itself is a number. This is like, and it's just the transit. It's like Beyonce. It's like, you know how Beyonce will add a transition yes. in and all of a sudden you're like, is this, it's can you release film. this too? <laughs> exactly. It's like, I want you to release this so I can buy it too. You give such a well-rounded oh. production, but on top of it, a production that always has a message behind it. And even whether that message is like, have a fucking good time or like, <laughs> mind your own fucking business or like, whatever it may be, it's always, it's always necessary and it's always 
powerful. How long have you been doing drag for? I think three years. Um, And I've been doing drag for two weeks longer than I've been transitioning. (laughs) (laughs) That's iconic. (laughs) Which is to say that when I came out to people, they were like, wait, so is Sweaty Eddie, is that you? Is that that what you're trying to tell me? (laughs) (laughs) A lot of things came together in my transness the first time you do drag. I know. I was just, it just made me think, like, I, I... I like I always say like I I wish that like straight people and cis people thought about their gender more and like and mm-hmm. being trans or genderqueer or you know anywhere in, in deviating from the norm is like pathologized to such a degree when it's like no we're all traumatized by gender like we all have a relationship to it we all have euphoria from things and like Some of those things might be more like in line with the like general population, but like, like knowing yourself and really like, like being able to reconcile the, like the the implications of all those things or where you have Mm -hmm. pain around that or where you feel like you're holding yourself back from like living fully. Like that's for everybody. (laughs) I'm just like the fact that kids are getting to actually self-determine at such a young age because Children already know who they are. Children know who they are. It's just whether you choose to listen. Well, and the like the internalization of like the like something about me is wrong happens like so so subconsciously and like mm-hmm. yeah, no, I was in disclosure hearing the the father talk about um being so proud at the idea of like his kid like really like having like such a sense of themselves and that 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 being like something to be proud of was like (laughs) i i like i was like this this is like almost like upsetting to hear because it's so different from like any i mean i don't know it's it's hard for me to like even you know try and think about what being in touch with that would have even looked like for for me because i feel like you know having grown up in the time and place when i did like i like I didn't want to be gay, like, never mind, like, mm-hmm. tra- like that wasn't a thing, like, never mind being like, oh, I'm a feminine man, like, that was just was not, like, but mm-hmm. I, like, th- you know, like, that was not a thing, like, it was not a thing, and so <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. uh, like, I, I'm very much, like, I could, I could have seen a path where, I don't know, for me before, before I came out to myself, like, um, it, like, came out of, like, years of, um, you know, moments of feeling like euphoric and like, um, empowered being a woman, but also like, just like a lot of like deep pain and disconnect. And like, mm-hmm. um, I, I think I could have easily sort of stayed in this like place of like resentment and fear and like, not, I, I just felt like very, like, like I wanted something to make sense to me and nothing ever made sense to me. And like, oh, there was just a point where I had to kind of give in to that and be like, the universe is not going to give me an explanation. Um, I just have to go with my impulse on what oh. is making me not feel like I want to die. <laughs> and like, yeah. and I just, I'm glad that I gave up my need to try and understand things. And I know that it went, it went along with so much other growth and so many other things that have allowed me to like move through the world in a different way that like, um, I'm, I'm just glad I, I got there when I did <laughs> at least, when I did better late than never, but, oh, um, and that's the key. That's why it really, 
the longer in life it takes someone to transition, the more I'm happy to hear it. Because I know that for me, the moment I realized I was trans, it felt like 20 odd years of weight had been lifted off of my shoulders. Yeah. And it makes me so happy that at no matter what age someone transitions because no matter what that weight is only building and you deserve to have it off your shoulders. Yeah. And it's one of those things that the only person who can do it is you. The only person who can lift that weight is you. And, and self-hate is really mm-hmm. detrimental to everybody in exactly. <laughs> not a- exactly. Exactly. And that's why it really it touches my heart when I see the older the older people get, the more willing they are to transition because I'm like, yes. Yeah. I'm so happy to see that people are unlearning what society has pumped into us, which is like the horrible, toxic, cishet way of thinking. On that note. (laughs) I love you, sweaty. You have a beautiful rest of your day. You deserve nothing less. Uh, I hope you do as well. I can't can't wait to see you, hopefully in person, sometime in the near future. (laughs) Yes, very soon, hopefully. Well, don't get me the first round of vaccine. Right. Yeah, well, we'll see how it... Give me the, like, fourth or fifth (laughs) round. Get some cis straight white people to try it out first. Honestly. Oh, boy. Sending so much love, okay, sweaty? (laughs) I love you. That interview literally made my entire week. When I tell you, talking to Sweaty really gave me some nuggets of wisdom and some nuggets of truth that really honestly gave me something really deep and beautiful to ponder on that is always what I hope to get out of this show. And so I hope that some of you, or hopefully all of you, got something out of that that you can take and channel forward honestly for the rest of your life because... The universe will not be giving us any answers, but the least that we can do is grow to ask some new questions, okay? And so with that, I am going to take us into our final segment of this episode. It is a moment to look back, okay? And I just want to take you down memory lane and remind you that over the course of this year, A lot of people have finally been awakened to the fact that their voice is important, that their voice takes up space and that their voice matters and that their voice has the power to impact people in their community, their neighbors and their loved ones. And so what I want to do is have you look back over this year at all of the different opportunities that you had every single day to affect somebody's life for the better. And every single opportunity, I want you to think about whether you took that opportunity or not. And I want you to know that next year is no different than this year. You have the same unlimited amount of opportunities to affect somebody's life. You have the same amount of opportunities to do something good for a black trans person in your community. Damn, you could do something good for the entire black trans community, okay? So when I tell you, Your voice is important. I mean it because every single day I see more and more people who realize that by making a simple choice, they can make somebody else sleep better at night. They can make sure that someone has a roof over their head, that someone has another meal to eat. And so I just want to remind you of your power. Never forget that you 
are powerful. Never let anybody make you think that you aren't powerful and never make someone believe that you don't have the opportunity to make a difference in someone's life. And that life could as well be your own. So on that note, I want you to have a beautiful rest of your day. I want you to remember you're powerful and that you have a You have an obligation to use your voice. You have an obligation not only to yourself, but you have an obligation to every single other person who can't use theirs, okay? Never forget, have a beautiful rest of your day and stay blessed, moisturized, and sanitized. And I will see you at the next Moment of Truth episode. Peace and love.